All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. You got your boy Zage here, of course, joined by a familiar or unfamiliar face, depending on where I know you from. We got Jacob de Guzman joining us, or de Guzman? De Guzman. De Guzman, perfect. We got Jacob de Guzman joining me. Most of you will know him as Gusby. Some of you will know him as Gupsy. <laughs> but this is my boy from USC, a musical artist, talented person, very smart and very driven. I see you working all the time. Um, welcome you. to the show. Thanks for yeah, coming on. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Great. So, uh, we were just catching up about everything. We we're talking about Bobby Boris class. Um, <laughs> I think we'll just start there. Tell me about. Actually, now we'll rewind even more. Where are you initially from? I don't even know. I'm. Uh, I'm from Santa Ana. Which is in Orange okay. County. Okay. It's uh, so that's about like an hour south of here. It takes me like an hour to get to and from school by the by means of the five freeway. I feel like a lot of kids from USC grew up there. Is that true? I met a lot of kids from Orange County, but most of them, honestly, they're from like Huntington and Newport, which is like the beaches. Okay. Which is you know more affluent areas. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I was gonna say, what's the culture difference? But yeah. Right. So um, I haven't met anyone from Santa Ana, oh. which is uh. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Actually, that's, that's not true. I met some guys from, from uh, like Anaheim Hills, kind of, which is in Anaheim. Okay. Which is like where the Ducks Stadium is, like the Honda okay. Center, <laughs> um, and like the Angels Stadium. Uh, so I know some guys from there actually, but I've only met like one or two of those. Okay, heard. I feel you because like I'm from Delaware <laughs> and I have met one person from Delaware uh-huh. at USC. So Who I like to it? be. Do you know? Uh, I don't want to give her free clout. So. <laughs> 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 nah, her name Sierra. And I can't think of her last name. She has red, she dyes her hair. And she, okay. she has like that punk Oh, aesthetic. oh, I think I, yeah, I think I, She's definitely been to a bunch of our classes. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. So she's from Delaware. Yeah. And I just like happened to meet her and we happened to be in the same major. I thought that oh. was like pretty unbelievable. Um, tell me about Santa Ana. I honestly know yeah. nothing about it. Is it um, beautiful? What's the thing to do? It's a, it is a beautiful place. It's an interesting place. It's like, um, I mean, in terms of like, where I grew up, I grew up kind of like the outskirts a little bit, um, more downtownish. Even if you could call it downtownish, really cool place. Like they'd have these like block parties, like every really? once every like, like twice a year, like every six months roughly. And um, I mean that's my fondest memory of Santa Ana is just like going downtown and just they block off, they block off all the roads and just have bands. I was going like to say, is it a corner. musical town? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's and they cool. Just have like, they have like stages with bands, but they also have like at, like bands in the alleyways. And literally just like, yeah, it was just like a block party. Like Absolutely. twice a year. Dude, I miss <laughs> stuff like that. Right? Yeah. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. But you're kind of like, I'm, I'm sort of picturing like a mini South by Southwest, like just a bunch of people yeah. throwing up like bands and stuff like that and everybody singing. Yeah, exactly. That's and cool. then people are just walking around with like, you know, paper bags. <laughs> and, uh, are your parents from Santa Ana? No, my, my mom is from... Pomona, which is in, like Southern California. My dad's from San Diego. So both my parents are from Southern California. Heard. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, my mom's side of family is Mexican and my dad's side is Filipino. Okay, do they get along? This is the, yes, they do get That's along. That's great. I know nothing about this culture of backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. so like, the, 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 the insideness is like lost on me. Yeah, they kind of relate to each other in a unique way in terms of like being fucked by Spain and like okay yeah <laughs> wait so, tell me about it <laughs> yeah so um, I mean you know Spain colonized Mexico and then they also colonized Philippines that's why the Philippines are called Philippines because of King Philip oh my god I yeah. didn't know that the more you know okay no that's crazy okay <laughs> yeah. I heard and where did your parents meet uh how what brought them together yeah I think it's uh 
I don't know the exact story, but someone said it was a blind... I think my dad told me it was a blind date. No way. Actually, and, um... Um, yeah, and I think they, they like, dated for a while in Corona Del Mar, which is kind of like this beach area, mm -hmm. beach city in Orange County. Um, so yeah, I've kind of... And I was born in Newport. Okay. Um, which is also by, the, like, like, two minutes from the beach. So, beach has always kind of just been in my family's, uh... Family's, uh blood i say my dad so my dad grew up in uh imperial beach i think in san diego and his dad was in the navy for 30 years heard about it and that's yeah. how we got that's how he came to the united states mm -hmm. through the navy crazy yeah. shit yeah dude pledging yourself to your country such yeah. a far far from my mind activity <laughs> yeah for real, for real i dude i would love to go i've always told my dad like dude can you bring me to the philippines please because yeah. i know like my family has a bunch of Arms and shit there. Dude, yeah, that I would wanna, be crazy. Like, I want to see that shit. Yeah, I'm sure it's like a totally <laughs> different kind of beautiful. Yeah. Everybody from the Philippines always talks about like... That's the funny thing. My dad's always like, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to say that actually. I think most people say you don't want to go there. Yeah. Well, at least it's beautiful. I know that, right? Yeah. Like they have the trees and shit like mm -hmm. that. Um, so you've pretty much been a Cali kid your whole life. Have you enjoyed yeah, the totally. experience? <laughs> you like being a Cali kid? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, I'm definitely spoiled oh, <laughs> because definitely. of that. Like I've always had good weather my entire life um i've always had a beach within like 10 minutes away from where i am so nice. and i've always had like entertain like culture <laughs> i guess huge like, culture yeah. yes yes <laughs> i was just commenting to someone else like uh being from delaware i didn't realize that like being from delaware left me a little like in the blue about a lot of stuff and then i moved to la and i met a bunch of my friends and i was just like you guys know a lot about like <laughs> what's going on in the world and like this like work-life balance and stuff like that. I, I love the West Coast wave so much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because I'm from the East Coast and it's different <laughs> or not, but I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, are your parents into music? How did you end up getting yourself into music? That's a great question. My parents, my mom and dad are not musically talented at all. Heard. But I do, grant, I have to give credit to my dad's side of the family. I like use all their hand-me-down instruments. Mm -hmm. So I think my dad has like, He's one of five siblings, and his siblings all played some something like either drums or bass or guitar or something. Um, that's my I, one of my earliest memories of music was by far just like in San Diego these like weird family like jams. Um, but then I like it totally was lost on me like I didn't like really have a really didn't really grasp like I didn't hold on to that be like oh I want I, that's what I want I want to make music. It just eventually, I don't know what happened. Sometime in like, I was in sixth grade ish. I picked up an acoustic guitar. I was like, I'm going to learn this. I had a teacher for like two months. And then I was like, this sucks. I was like, <laughs> it's so like, hard to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this sucks. My fingers hurt. I was yeah. like, I'm not going to do this. And then about like a year later, I was, my friend put me under the white stripes and Jack White in particular was like the reason why I was like, I'm going to learn guitar. No way. Because I was like, I want to shred like that guy. And uh, so it's a very stereotypical way to start music. It was a Seven Nation Army. Just like, and I just play that for like hours and hours <laughs> all the time. And I remember my, my, one of my friends played drums and like neither of us were good, right? But we just played that for hours. And I remember his dad would always tell us like, you guys got to learn a new song. Like, <laughs> like, like you guys got to learn something else. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll learn and then from there, um, yeah, that's when I got, so guitar was just the first one. Do you still um, work with that drummer now? I 
I don't, unfortunately. Don't, yeah. I haven't. Yeah. No, he I was, was my best buddy for a long time. And then, um, yeah, he just went on. We kind of had a band in high school and we're all good buddies. And we just kind of all split, you know, go to college and whatever. And I was, I don't think any of them continued on their pursuit. Of oh, okay. Music. Definitely. Yeah. It's a tough gig to follow. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. for sure. But that, that's how life is too. I know like that feeling. It's so funny as you get older, you just kind of realize like people do break off, but not for any reason. Like life just takes you yeah, in different directions. Happens. You yeah. know, it sounds cliche, but like it is really like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin always talks about this cool concept of like, but in our industry, we live in this world where like, even when you separate for that long, you can like come right back and just continue the conversation that you left off on. Yeah. You know? I think that is like kind of unique and, and I love that. So you're playing White Stripes. What encourages you to start like writing your own music? What's the gap there? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it's just like, you know, we'd be, we'd be playing covers and, sh and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's you just write, let's just write our own stuff. And I was like, and yeah, I remember just sitting, I do remember just sitting in class, like in notebook, like do instead of doodling, like per se, I would just write dumb, like just stupid lines, just like poetry and stuff, sure. and stuff that rhymed. And I remember getting into that and then, and then. You know, we had a voice memo app on your phone. It was like the first DAW, right? It's like you just record, you just record everything on there. And um, I remember buddies, we would do that. We'd have my buddy like in a cajon right here in the guitar. Like we'd all get really close to the one phone <laughs> and then try to like play and like yell and like, and then it would come out. We'd have a song at the end and we'd be like, yeah, like this is sweet. And then, and yeah, I guess I just, I just kept writing stuff. I would just got into the habit of like any time like a, a rhyme or something cool that like, came to my head, I'd be like, okay, I got to write that down and like save that for later. Um, and yeah, I guess I've just been ever since, I guess so around like, yeah, eighth grade, I started writing and then, um, but even, so like I would jam with these guys all the time. Um, and I had a bunch of different friends that kind of played music too. And like, we kind of all had like, it was weird different, like these, I don't want to say different bands, just kind of like different, like jam circles almost. I follow. Um, and initially, I was, like, not a part of a lot of the rotation. But then I eventually I had my own where I was, like, okay, we're going to play the stuff that I wrote. And, like, we're going to play the parts that I did. And um, so, yeah, I've never, like, it's never been, it was never, like, a kind of, initially it started as, like, a, a group thing. Like, people just would just play ideas and we just dump, just all jam some dumb stuff and record it on the phone. But, um. And then at some point I was just like, cause I started with guitar, but then I learned bass and drums too. Okay. And then I got into like producing and putting it all together. So then, and I was like one of the only ones who knew how to do all of that. So eventually people, my friend group was just like, let's just like, we'll just do what you, mm -hmm. what you make. It sounds like a social hierarchy. Yeah. And you kind of like worked your way up the ladder. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess but it's funny. Cause like I said, I started not in the initial roto because there's just other guys that were like, that had their own things and, you know, high school age, mm -hmm. teenagers, all these clicks and, and Absolutely, stuff. Yeah. Um, but at some point, yeah, it was just like, out of my closest homies, we we're just like, yeah, like, we're just going to do these. Eventually, my songs got good. That's what I was going <laughs> to Yeah. Do you think that it, like, boosted your confidence in any way? Because you were like, oh, people are actually, like, appreciating what I'm making and they want to help me make it? Totally, 100%. Yeah, like, like, that sounds really cool. I was one of the first ones out of the multi to, like, really learn how to, like, actually record something 
I'm gonna say well, but even then, like it, it was trash. Yeah, yeah. But like still better than what anyone else was doing. Sure. Um, and I guess you know I was posting stuff and like getting res- you know people responding and then, and then, yeah, we'd have people ask me to play like with the band and I'd be like I don't really have a band but like these guys are like we're this is our band now like, now <laughs> yeah. I have like these are the boys now, now <laughs> I have a band that you asked. Yeah. Um, so are you all self taught? Yeah. Yeah, I am also so. That's really impressive. Yeah, Wyatt's thanks. like that too. He's a YouTube kid. Like he can yeah. go on YouTube and just Marty learn Shorts anything. is the boy. Shout out to Marty Shorts. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like everyone. Do you know? You know, Kane Acosta. The, I do not. He's a Ashes to Amber. Okay, Amber I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we always joke about the Marty Schwartz is like the reason why. We, <laughs> is he like a old head online time. or something? Yeah, he's just like some, uh, like the dad godfather of. <laughs> Of YouTube tutorials on awesome. okay. on how to play guitar and like, yeah, no, that's totally like what I just internet, mm-hmm. YouTube, and yeah, and just jamming and then just doing that literally on so days and days and days. When did you guys? So this is also in Santa Ana that we're talking about. Yeah, this right? is all in Santa yeah. Ana. Also, I'm like 15 at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Young. <laughs> so did you guys start performing and stuff like that? So now you have a band, right? Are people like, can you come play for me? Yeah, exactly. Right. So um. And it starts without like with uh, like Battle of the Bands, like very stereotypical, Dude. Like, like high school stuff, like Battle of the Bands. I was like, yeah, we can do this. Um, put it together, um, and then from there we started playing. Like, like we just go random people would just be like, we're having a party. Like, do you want to? <laughs> pull up with your instruments and play. And we're like, yeah. And Did so you we, ever go to like college parties as a band? No, no never, okay, we okay. never got that high. Up, <laughs> I but, wish. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would have been, that would have been a trip for sure. But yeah, just like other high, dumbass high school kids. Sure. Like parents gone for the weekend and we're like, yeah, let's trash this house. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> Did it get you a lot of yeah. clout? Were people, I would say. Yeah. And were you going by Gusby? I was going by Gusby. No way. Yeah. So it's been a name for it's a long time. It's I didn't been, realize. Since the first Gusby came about even before I put out music, but it was never like my name mm-hmm. until I would needed to put out my first song. And I was like, I need a name for this. And it was just, Gusby was some dumbass thing that I was posting on my, just some word I made up one night. And just, I was would post it on my story and like put it like really cryptically in like a corner <laughs> of some picture. And it just became an inside joke between me and my friends. And then like when it come, when it came to like, what would be a good like name to like artist's name and I was like yeah fuck it Gusby like it's already there like it's, it's, it's this is like one of the most comedic like name founding stories ever like that's just some random shit I made up but it sounds good cause yeah. I would've thought it was like I had a huge backstory cause to no, me it yeah. sounds like a name and I yeah, thought you were yeah. gonna be like oh De Guzman like, yeah Gus- that's exactly what everyone yeah, did everyone, that's what I thought you were gonna say everyone's always like oh that comes from your last name and I'm like no it's actually way dumber it's than that it's some bullshit yeah, it's literally that. some bullshit out of my ass so I'm curious Putting out your first piece of music is actually like quite a nerve wracking experience, at least from like what I, so let me rewind real quick. I have like no relation to this kind of like upbringing at all. I didn't start falling in love with music until I was like 18, 17. So anything in high school, I was just like, I played sports. Like that was my Mm -hmm. thing. And um, so it's just funny to hear you talk about like battle of the bands and stuff like that. Cause it's like shit I would hear about, but never really experienced. And I think it's awesome. But I do know that like putting out music on your own is like a whole thing. Cause you're producing it, you're self-taught, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're like wondering, are people going to think this is like to the caliber it's supposed to be at and stuff like that. How was it received? Were people into yeah. it? How did it go? That's actually a really interesting question. Cause 
I remember like the, the, when I first started doing it, it was like the coolest shit in the world. Like, not saying it's not the coolest shit in the world now. Like, it still is the cool, but like you know, as like a doing that for the first time. Yeah, I was nervous, like, oh, you know, I hope people find this good. But at the same time, I had this weird confidence as a 15-year-old being like, yeah, this shit's sick. Like, like, I I did this all myself. I was like, because my idols back then were like, like, Mac DeMarco and like Kevin Parker, Tame Impala guy. And like, they're kind of like, they, I knew they did the same exact thing with like, they record all the parts and did everything. So I was in my head, I was like, I'm doing this shit when I'm 15. I was like, (laughs) like, like, this shit's sick. Um... And then, yeah, like, I remember just posting it on Instagram, getting, like, the first couple comments that are like, wow, this is actually good. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's kind of, like, weird backhanded compliments like that. Where it's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, I had no idea that, like, you could actually make something that's good. <laughs> and I was like, but I was on top of the world. I was like, yep. yeah, like, this, yeah, it's good. Like, I'm glad people like it. And, like, it's funny because, like, listening back to it now, it is the most ear-bleeding kind of stuff ever. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing mix-wise or anything. Like, I remember... One, I was really into, like, this, like, surf garage indie kind of punk sound, which is entirely built on sounding like shit <laughs> and entirely <laughs> entirely builds on the idea of it's just, like, kind of, like, this energetic, like, it's all about the energy mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. catharsism of it and just getting, like, the explosiveness of it and, like, being, in, like, in a garage but, like, trapped but in this, all the sounds bouncing off the walls and hitting your ears and, like, piercing and that was the shit I liked as a 15-year-old. And so I, to me, as a 15-year-old, I was like, yeah, this is this is a heater. Right. And uh, now it's like, I still think it's a heater, obviously, because like, I have a weird emotional attachment to my first song. As you should, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I listen to it on the headphones now, and I'm like, ow. Like, I'm like, <laughs> this, this is hurting my ears. I would, because uh, I would record, I was a lot of surf guitars into like reverb and shit, which is just like, just, and it, it has a, goes a lot into like the high ends. Okay. And, um. It was funny because I would, I had a, my guitar going through an amp with a reverb, and I would record that with the mic, and then the mic would go to the computer, and then I would, you would edit the audio, and I would add like another reverb emulator. So it was so just it was like wet. double reverb, yeah. and it was wet, and <laughs> yeah. it was piercing, and it sounded terrible. But I was like, <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was doing back then. And I was just like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this works. So I, I almost like, want to play the song. Hopefully, I, yeah. if I can find it, I'll put it in I the could totally, I could totally send it to you. Yeah, okay, please. Yeah, yeah I would love to play it. That sounds great. Because then people will be like, oh, I get it. We sang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So, bro, I think that's amazing. I think uh, a lot of people put out their first couple songs and they don't receive that kind of, you know, acceptance. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like, it puts them off and they're like, okay, this wasn't for me, you know? So I think it's amazing because you are mm -hmm. a talented artist. So I'm, I'm glad that it went that well and it brought you to this point. But how did you end up going from, we'll kind of like surmise this area, but like, how'd you go from putting out your first piece of music to ending up at USC? Because that's yeah. quite prestigious. And, and you do study in the music program, right? I am. I'm actually a business major. Okay, I was wondering The music industry minor. Okay, and that's a whole, that's, that is a whole other story. For I would sure. love to hear all about that. Yeah. Because a lot of people do that kind of thing. You know, like I've met, uh, like Beata is also, like yeah. she came from, and Mitchell, like they came from different majors and they kind of like scooted themselves in. Yeah. And, so, I mean, w w I had no idea that, this is going to sound so ignorant and dumb, but like Never. I had literally had no idea when I was applying to USC. I had no, no idea of like the music community and the music scene, the music program. Um, I knew that there was music schools like Berkeley College of Music or something like that. But I also like, I was never like, it was always to me like, I don't want to, I was always like, I don't want to, I don't want to like study it because I was always afraid of like losing some sort of like this weird guys all have been like punk being in the punk scene in Santa Ana this is where I could say where Santa Ana actually influenced me a lot yeah. huge DIY scene like huge huge like isn't just like you know just you know like fuck the right way to do it just like do whatever you want to do and I guess my idea of going to an institution and kind of learning how to do it the right way was always kind of like lame that's totally um, understandable yeah that's totally understandable and, but so but and I like at the time I was just like, oh, uh, I don't want to like, you know, I'm all I, I, I've always wanted. I'm not, I've always known that like I'm gonna be doing music until I die. So it's like, might as well. And like I've been developing skills at that point for a while. So I was like, I should, you know, maybe study something else. And then honest, this funny story is actually funny. It was the day. It was like November thirtieth, and the Common App was due like December first. And I initially was applying as a petroleum engineer, Holy shit. actually. And then there was like, write three essays about why you want to be a petroleum engineer. I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm picking a major. <laughs> I'm picking a major that I don't have to write anything yeah. for. And it was business admin. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, I remember well, I was going to apply to USC. My dad was just like, just do it. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Because I was really into the idea of going to like UCSB, like Santa Barbara. So pretty. Yeah, and that's just way more my speed in terms of like being by the beach and like right. and all that shit. I'm so glad I'm not there, right? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I'm at USC. I'm so glad that this weird fate, destiny thing kind of just happened and just like kind of fell. And like once I got here, I and like once I got here and I was like, oh, there's a music program and shit. You know, I was initially just like, okay, that's like that's cool. Um, you know, it's. Maybe those, maybe I'll find my crowd in there. Like, you know, mm -hmm. people like me. And honestly, never kind of really happened, like, the first semester. I never found, like, the the music crowd that I really fucked with, at least. Mm -hmm. In terms of other people that just, like, really didn't give a shit about... Not, like, not didn't give a shit. They just liked the stuff that I liked, which was, like, you know, kind of your, like, not, <laughs> not this pop thing. Like, it was more like a DIY underground kind of, mm -hmm. like, mentality. And, um, but after... That was just my first semester, probably just because, like, you know, just the new environment mm -hmm. had this weird feeling. But then every, ever since, like, it's just, I've been slowly just, like, coming to to be great, insanely, like, grateful of, like, having found where, like, having be where I'm at. And, Bro, like, I totally be able understand. to do music. And it's like, yeah, this is, I don't know how I ended up here, but, like, here I am. Like, 
I have this perspective yeah. of you because, you know, we're friendly. I know you more from your reputation than mm. I know from like your actual story. So I'm actually surprised to hear you say that you came in and struggled. I didn't even know you were a business major yeah. because from my perspective of you now, you already have like a very settled in group of friends <laughs> in the music program. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? Like I thought you guys would all met freshman year and yeah, like no, kicked no, it no. off. So I think that's amazing to hear. And I think it does really speak to that. like that concept of fate. Like things did work out really well. It's probably good you didn't settle in with those people in the first semester that had similar interests to you because then you might not have grown. Yeah, But I exactly. bet you've grown a lot from oh, like totally. meeting the pop people and all this crazy shit. So how did you end up, um, like what actually brought you to meeting the pop program and eventually like making yeah. a minor and shit like that? As lame as it sounds, dude, it was, it was, uh, it was through pledging. I was, oh, uh, no way. Which I never planned on doing because again, like being a punk guy, I was like, I was fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. And then... After the first semester of being like, okay, I need to try something. Like, I need I to meet new people. I don't even I'm meet so somebody. familiar, yeah. So, so I, I pledged, and I met I met this guy named Ryan Fisher. He's actually from Delaware. I've met him, yeah. 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 And um, he was kind of my in. And I met all these other guys, too. A lot of the Oros guys, do you know? I do. Yeah. yeah I do. Um, Sorry, I was thinking about something else. Yeah, <laughs> I met a lot of them through this, through this pledging experience. And then... Uh, that was that's act, that was actually a huge decision because like even if it, even if I pledge a different house I pledge ZBT, even if I went to a different place I would totally not be in the same mm. group that I that I am now, um, not in ZBT like I haven't really been active since, like for a while now. But that initial semester of being a little pledge bitch was honestly like pretty fun and it was honestly like I got to meet a bunch of dudes. Mm. Um, that's how I got tight with. Uh, Kid Hastings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, was through that experience. Um, so, yeah. Like I'm familiar with this process and I, I yeah. understand the story. I went to, I'm actually a transfer student. So, mm-hmm. I went to school in New Jersey for two years and it was a very similar experience where I was just like, I'm not meeting anyone, like anyone that I get along with. Like, I need to meet new people. I'm going to literally explode. Like, what is life? And so, same thing. I was like, never interested in being in a frat. Not even like a single ounce of my being thought that would be cool. But I was like, this has to happen, you know? So, I pledged a frat and I ended up meeting like a bunch of cool guys where I was like, oh, you guys are like worth spending money to hang out with, I guess, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the part that always got me. It's like, I don't want to have like, after, that's why after pledging and forming like actual relationships i was like okay i don't have to spend money to be friends with these guys exactly like, it's, like, a, it's a big moment where yeah. you're like what is the value here exactly. you know? and yeah. i'm still all homies with them it's like yeah i'm not just not paying you money like, exactly. i'm not paying you fucking three thousand dollars but no it ends up being like a huge plus right like yeah. you have your bros and shit like that so that's amazing so okay you met the homies and then they were like hey man you should actually like consider studying the music or what yeah so i mean so eventually i was like i mean once i learned that there was a music industry program it's, I was always deciding between music production minor or music industry minor. And I remember this one guy, uh, Jesse Munsat, I don't know if you know, but I remember he told me one time, he's like, dude, you like, just take, just uh, get in sessions with TJ Wee. Do you know who that is? I do not. He's a producer guy, one of my best friends. Oh, nice. Um, it's like, just, just fucking hang out with him and you'll get him fucking music production minor. And I was like, hey, bet. <laughs> and uh, so I'll do the music industry and then just hang out with TJ. Um, <laughs> and it's honestly worked. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. worked great. Um, so yeah, I mean, the music industry, uh, being a minor, I guess, like what a lot of this in hindsight, I feel like you know I'm talking about it like I had this clarity of like what I wanted to do. It totally did not happen. It just totally happened. It was like yeah, if music industry minor, like sounds cool. Like I'll mm-hmm. do that. Um, 
And like then the intro class with uh, Mike Garcia was just like, I remember taking that class and honestly being so upset after every class and that being but just being upset like uh, like not upset like yeah I was just like oh, like this industry sounds like bullshit like <laughs> like this oh, the music industry yeah mm-hmm. uh, just the intro he was just telling me the intro class which is I'm first learning about like record contracts publishing deals all this all this shit mm-hmm. PROs all this fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, this kind of sucks. But it was like really intriguing me. It was like, I want to like, I want to learn this. Like, I want to, like, this is what I love. I love music. And like, it's such, it's at face value. It's the first, like the brute impact of learning this stuff. Like, it is a little, ups- it's not bothering. Like, it's ups- it was upsetting to me at that age. But now it's like, I think about why it was. And it's like, because I, one is just because it's a whole new field to learn and and something that wasn't like I've always just been good at you know playing music mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that stuff and like now I was like oh there's a whole other as more probably more important side to this whole music thing and it's like yeah like and it, it kind of does just dick the artist like at every corner that it can and musicians in general just kind of just get like just, you just get fucked on mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, that's bullshit. I'm gonna learn how to. I'm gonna learn how to, you know, overcome this thing. I haven't figured it out. Got to understand the system. Yeah, the system. exactly. That was yeah. kind of. Like, but I actually love what you're saying. Like yeah. um, this, this concept of like what was really important to you as someone who fell in love with music ultimately got like slapped in the face yeah. within like a week of like. <laughs> you were like, oh, I don't want to learn the industry. Yeah. That shit's fucking lame. Like, it has nothing to do with what I care about. And you were like, all right, eventually, I, I guess I should check it out. And you were like, oh, it's exactly like I thought yeah, it would be. Like, this shit sucks. <laughs> Everything's like about a suit and money and bribery. And and yeah, it's a dirty, dirty industry. But I, I'm glad you feel the way you do because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people our age feel that way. And a lot of people in our program feel that way. And I hope that like, you know, 10 years from now, five years from now, whenever we're all like in the industry, yeah. we can start changing it oh, to totally. be the way we need it to be. Yeah, you know that's I mean? definitely like been huge inspiring thing for me. It's because like those, yeah, the music industry classes, like the people I'm with in those classes, so much better than Marshall business school classes. Bro, I feel and it. And it's yes, like, yeah, these are actual like personalities. And I was like people. Um, and uh, we all had the same, same passion for something, which was music. And, that's just like regardless of I didn't find people who were, you know, like the same as me, like into the same things that I was. Regardless of that, like I still met people who were as passionate about something that I was, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, like yeah, like and that was like one of my first, like okay, like this music thing, it attracts a lot of different because I've I've been in one music bubble essentially mm-hmm. being in Orange County, and um, you know, just SoCal in general. I was just in the music bubble and just seeing this way bigger community of people who different ways that people like love fall in love with this thing i was like yeah like i, I that's this the mentality of we're all gonna be in this shit together and it's kind of just like a huge like party the whole time honestly it was yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> it was just like this is our job like <laughs> i love that yes <laughs> like, i feel the same way yeah. like uh I, i'm very excited to see 
what the future holds for this community we got to be a part of. Mm. It sounds like you're very thankful to be a part of this community and oh, totally. appreciative. And, and I feel the same way. Like, bro, people are already doing like insane things. Like yeah. Chris Papa, like everything with 24K and Chris Papa, like that shit is unbelievable. Yeah, that's, like, that just happened under our noses. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's actually crazy when yeah, you think about it. It, it makes me <laughs> jealous. Like yeah. I have raw jealousy. I'm like, damn, like they're really doing that shit. Yeah. But I, I feel like we're all going to get there. I'm not worried about it. But no, I think... Um, it is so phenomenal to be a part of it. How has the community influenced your sound? It sounds like they've Ooh. had a lot of influence on your perspective. Yeah, that's a good question. How have they influenced your sound? Um, it's just made me get better, I think. Made me want to get better, too. Because, like like I said, in high school, I was... In high school, I produced and made, I wrote, like, three projects. Um, and, like I said, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. That's a lot of music. So like, yeah. That's a lot of music. So, coming... Being in this community... It's been great. It's been good and bad, right? Because it's like, it's been great because it's like, I've seen, like, I've learned a lot of things, probably more from peers than just from the, anything else. It's just like, oh, this is like, this is what, this is, I find this cool. Like, this is what, this is what sounds good. Like, I don't, random shit like that. Um, but then it's also like, you know, you want to, I've, I've, Initially, you know, I was it was about trying to fit in with the with the crowd. Where I was like, oh, how do I, how do I get like I want to f be the same as like all these guys who are like doing well, mm -hmm. and like are looking cool. It's natural. And people are talking about them. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But then I slowly realized it's just like you want to be in the community. Like yes, you want to be in that crowd, but you also want to be like you you want to be your own unique kind of player. And that's where I, I realized at some point I was like, damn. And people would tell me this like like it doesn't. I was like, damn, I kind of this whatever sound that I'm doing, I've never, I've never like tried to, I've never intentionally tried to, this outcome, but it just ended up where, yeah, I, I do, I feel like I don't, like I, it's so hard for me to, to compare my sound to anything else mm -hmm. because, and I feel like, and that's like one of my biggest strengths at this point because it's like, yeah, it's like how do you. It's a weird thing. Like you want to just, you want to have other points of comparison to like to help you get an idea of what something sounds like. But at the same time, you never want to be like it. Never wants to. Be, you never want to make that easy. Mm -hmm. Of like, you don't want to like name drop another artist. Yeah. to compare your music, exactly. but you also do because you want people to understand what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Yes, I know this uh, this uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly that's kind of like what I realized being in a music community was like, okay, there's other people who are really good at what they do. Um, everyone has their own strengths. And it's like, how do you play up your strengths, I guess, in the best way possible? And like, also just like, how do you, you know, you learn from everyone. And you learn from everyone else's like mistakes too, which is, I think that part is also crucial. Hugely. You see what other people do wrong <laughs> and you're like, okay, I won't do that. Of course. Um, but at the same time, no one's ever really doing anything wrong. It's just like, that's the thing. it's a very subjective thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what's funny about the program is like it's making a subjective thing very objective. Mm -hmm. And it's just giving you like ways to like in terms of just giving you ways to to talk about something and think about something that's so abstract, I guess. It just gives you something like concrete language, I guess, around uh I don't know. I know what you're saying. saying. It's actually really, really intriguing what you're saying. Like I hadn't I have not thought of this perspective. So like what I'm hearing from you is part of the reason that getting this uh, 
you know, infrastructure learning of music. Part of the reason I was putting you off was because like it takes away from what you consider to be very important to music, mm -hmm. this like subjective feeling. Mm -hmm. like, how does the music make you feel? And, and it is interesting because in class we do talk about music and marketing and even like branding an artist in a way that totally removes all the magic. Yeah. Like there's no more magic. There's no like subjective. It's like, Oh, like I'm evaluating this based on how many people are looking at it, mm -hmm. how many people are commenting on it, how many like different niche marketplaces am I breaking into? Yeah. You know what I mean? It totally makes it feel way different. Has that spooked you at all or, or like encouraged you to work harder? How has that impacted yeah, your work ethic? That's interesting. It, I mean, it's a, it's a weird that that obsession with numbers is kind of an interesting thing because number like metrics like that like data points like that are objective in itself and it's like you know if something has a lot of if something's a hit and something's really popular and has a lot of attention then it's, it's like okay this is some good this is good like you know um and it's a weird it's a weird uh like it's a self-fulfilling kind of thing where like something's not good until it's popular and which makes it good and then once it's popular then it's but then once it gets too popular people are like oh it's, it's overhyped or something mm -hmm. like that it's a weird like it's a really weird thing that mm -hmm. doesn't you can't really put your finger on it and that's why it's really hard to kind of talk about without sounding kind of crazy um <laughs> i think you're doing a good job <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I guess that's that's always been there for me because yeah, initially I was like oh the algorithm I was always against like this algorithmic way of you know artistic expression i was like oh this is kind of it's kind of weird that like a bunch of binary like binary code is determining like mm. what we like but then i've learned a lot more <laughs> and i've been like okay no these just the way it works is kind of like you know it's it's a weird objective way of like if people are sharing this if people are willing to share this this song that made that like it's a good fucking song. Mm -hmm. Like if you're that's like the end all, be all goes. If you can share this song with your homies, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a fucking good song. Um, yeah, I guess that's just like it's it's just hard concept to kind of. I agree. Like, People will saying. always like toe the line on like yeah, how, you know. I think the general public is going to end up like falling more susceptible to the numerical data. Mm. I think that's just like how it is. Like if you don't really care about music, you're going to be happy to be spoon fed the music that mm -hmm. you like. But I think for people who really do care about the art and really do care about the artist and the artistry, I think it will remain more subjective, you know? Yeah. I guess that's the thing too. It's like, um, you know, people are, people are using a lot of numbers now because in the, I mean, not to say that I didn't have numbers in the past to, like, make decisions and judgment. But I feel like there's just less, like, there's less ballsy people trying to, like, taking risks. Because, like, the having data to back up your decisions is always great. Like, you want to minimize That's risk, so whatever. Um, but at the same time, to make artistic choices, and, like, to be a real A&R, like, a tastemaker in this day and age, I feel like you do kind of got to gotta take risks at some point. And, like... There's just so many people making music nowadays too, and there's just so many different artists, and there's so many good artists too, and it's just it's an influx of oversight, like just so many, so many things. It's hard to like just grasp people's attention. Mm. I think that's why you know you use tools like algorithms to like really help you feed through all that clutter. So like yeah, I have a weird relationship with right this that idea of it's just the music in the digital age, which is just kind of crazy. Mm. And it's, uh, 
Yeah, but it's just so interesting to me that like how much power like someone who makes a Spotify playlist has. Like, I totally agree. On like with that, taste, bro. on like cultural, bro. pop cultural like shift and evolution. Like they just totally change. Not totally change. I might be dramatizing that, but you know, yeah, as you should know, we're making a podcast. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but yeah, bro, like that is hugely true. Uh, like the what's that website, man? That you submit your music, uh, submit hub or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's something that everybody knows the name of. Nobody really likes that mm-hmm. it exists, but we all just like have to try it at some point yeah. to see what it's like. And it's just for people who don't know, it's just a website where you like submit your music and then people who make playlists listen to it and they're like, oh, I fuck with it or I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's it. Like now, do you think your song is good or not? You know, like yeah, it totally exactly. changes yeah. your opinion on it. It's crazy. Um, through all of this education in the music industry, which I am extremely grateful for, and I'm sure you are too, like something that's cool about the music industry is that they teach you a broad grasp of like every part. Mm-hmm. Like I really like that about the major. It's not like, it's not like a music management major. It's like, oh, you can learn about management, PR. Mm-hmm. Kevin just came in. So we have like festivals and branding. Like that's huge and super cool and new, I think. Yeah. Um, has all of this education opened you up to the idea of being a business person in the industry? Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. Like what kind of jobs would you be into having? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge internal struggle for me, obviously, as well. Because it's like, I mean, I always want to, I've always told myself, people always ask me, like, what are you going to do after college or whatever? Mm-hmm. And like obviously, I'm gonna be an artist because I always have, been, like I have been for the past six years. So that's not gonna stop. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, what are you gonna actually do? <laughs> you know, in case, the, yeah, in <laughs> yeah. case you need to make more money. Yeah, it's like, know? what are you, are you actually gonna eat? <laughs> and yeah. it's like, um, and it's like, okay, yeah. And I've always told myself, just like anything, yeah, music related in the music industry. Like, um, I agree with you 100. percent That's what's really cool about this, the more like holistic approach to it because it allows you to like really get like a little just a taste of everything and be like oh this is what i'm really into mm-hmm. like this is what i'm really into um or not. i had a yeah or not mm-hmm. i had this like big data technology class with uh michael kaminsky and i was really into that stuff and i've always been, and recently i've just been taking a lot of like data science kind of stuff and i'll be like oh yeah music and data science that to me is like what i found like that's what i want to do mm-hmm. Just kind of better understand that. And that goes in the whole, uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier, trying to understand this weird algorithmic sea of mm-hmm. of all this that's been upsetting me. But, like, now the more that I'm, I want to, it's the same thing, like, I kind of talked about, I want to learn it better so that I can figure out how to, like, how to, you know, bring back a little soul into into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and But that's the thing that's funny. It's like, I've always... I came into the program knowing what I want to do. Like, I want to be an artist. I want to be a songwriter, producer, performer. What in, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I've... A showman. That's what I'm best at. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. It's interesting that I didn't I didn't come to school to learn how to get better at those things. But instead, I learned, I came to school to learn how to get better at everything else. Yep. And, yeah, so, yeah, it's just kind of like... Yeah. I think that's what they're hoping for. I hope so. <laughs> I think that is what they're hoping for. Cause um I came in thinking like and this is why I used artist management as my example previously. Like I just came in thinking that was like pretty much the only thing to do in the industry. It was like you either are the artist or you represent the artist. Yeah. Like that's all I thought there was. And then I showed up and I just learned there were so many different things to do. And I very quickly realized like, oh, I don't want to be an artist manager. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm open to it, but it's just like not as not something I am passionate about like the way I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um I am interested to see what the future holds for you after what you said, because I think it'll be 
uh, almost like a, a conflict of interest as well as a benefit oh, yeah. to be like a data analysis person who's also an artist. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. Because I feel like it's already had the impact on you where you're like, God, I fucking hate all this, but yeah. I fucking have to do all this. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah totally. And it really is the world we're living in right now. Yeah, um, that's the, that's, a, that's the best part of it of that is just like it's uh circumstances you know i can mm -hmm. romanticize how it used to be but like yep. it's this is how it's gonna be mm -hmm. might as well try to get good at what it's gonna be and uh there's actually a little like this is what's interesting about this is probably why i like the whole realm of of where things are kind of going in terms of you know big data and stuff and how kind of like oh there's a very there's a there's a one individual movement that's to me is very kind of punk rock which is like this idea of like being decentralized in like a decentralized future in terms of like the web and like um you know currencies like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that and there's almost like this little punk rock aspect of it that's kind of it's a it's anti-establishment a little bit where it's like um yeah but people are fucking sick of spotify like people are People are sick of just the way that, you know, you don't get, don't get any fucking money from that shit anymore. And there's this whole kind of movement of um, artists in general kind of using um, data technologies like blockchain and cryptocurrencies and stuff like that to kind of like get some sort of sense of independent power back. Mm -hmm. And I think that to me is also super cool because it's like, yeah, that's the DIY punk rock way that kind of I know. That is interesting. And it's, uh, it, is, it is really interesting. And it's really, it's kind of new too. Um, I'm, I don't know if you've seen the stuff in the news about like, like NFTs and shit like that. Mm. Um, that's kind of along the same lines of just like artists using these new technologies um, and they're, just, you know, they're using them in creative ways to, to eat food again. It's like, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's like, I love that. So, it's, uh, yeah, it almost, almost comes full circle with that whole, uh, you know, first learning about this, the the way big data has influenced music. And I, at first I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. Um, but then I realized like, a bunch of other people agree that, yeah, this fucking sucks. And they've been making moves to, to yeah. overcome it. And I find that just super inspiring. And it's like, oh, I want to, that's why I guess kind of, that's why I want to do the same thing. I want to be, um, some sort of figure out some sort of way to, you know, to use the weapons against use the data weapons against the fucking the big man, <laughs> the big man, no, the yeah. big labels, yeah. bro. I I agree. I think the labels run everything even yeah. more than we even, like. I already think they run everything, everything, and I think they run probably more than I think they do. Like the yeah, totally, it's pretty fucked up what what goes down in the music industry. And I, you know what has you know what was really interesting to me. I thought it was cool, like when TikTok was cool, like when <laughs> yeah. TikTok was breaking artists. Like yeah, I was no. like, wait, that's cool. It like, was cool. Like no label had anything yeah. to do with this. Like Lil Nas X, like that was really exciting until it became another label thing. You know? Yeah, I think no, totally. I think that TikTok era is over. Like I think yeah. everybody making on TikTok now is from a label. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. So I agree with you 100. Like I love, but it always gets fucked up. Like that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about the NFTs and stuff. Yeah, it always gets fucked up. It it now all the labels up. are doing it. And it's exactly. Like, it gets fucked up so yeah. fast. Yeah. Like within a month, like yeah. what was cool and could have been like a breaking thing is now, you know, destroyed by big yeah. money and big it's business. It's so lame. I saw the, the White Stripes made a NFT recently okay. of, a, of a Seven Nation Army remix. Your OGs. Yeah, yeah. OGs, exactly. Like the OG <laughs> shit that I was in, I was a little bit like, oh, 
I was just like, why? Right. I was you just like, I mean? why? Right. Like, right. But I knew it's not. It's not Jack White. At least at the end of the day, I know that it's probably not Jack White doing it. Yeah. It's, it's not Jack or Meg. They have nothing to do with that shit, and it's just some fucking big wig. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, NFTs. Yep. Really easy way to make money. Like, it's just. And they catch the bag. Yeah, One funny story about bag. Jack White. Uh, the first like event I ever worked with Kevin was a like a surfing competition uh-huh. and Jack White was performing. No way. Yeah. That and sounds sick. <laughs> I didn't even know who Jack White was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after the show, like Kevin's like barbecuing or whatever and we're all just like chilling out, like hanging out. And over in the corner is uh, Jack White and John C. Riley. Do you know him? <laughs> no, the actor I... who works with Will Ferrell all the time um, from Step Brothers and from Talladega uh-huh, Nights. Okay. That's John C. Yeah, Riley. Yeah. They're just like over there having a catch with a baseball. Yeah. I was like, what is life? Like, <laughs> this super famous actor and this super famous musician are just like having a catch and Kevin Lyman's barbecuing. Yeah, it was just like so, <laughs> so LA or maybe or whatever. And it was just like a, a hilarious moment. So every time you keep saying Jack White, yeah. I just think of that hilarious when moment. When was that? Uh, that was like last year. Uh, I don't know like what month, but it was like obviously pre-COVID and everything. Yeah, it was like when shit hilarious. was regular. It <laughs> was hilarious. Down. And then Kevin like met John C. Riley, and he was like, oh, he lives in my neighborhood. I told yeah. him just come over for a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> You're friends with John C. Riley now? Um, yes, bro. I, I yeah. can't agree more with you about these sentiments about like the big labels fucking everything over. And like I would love to see a bigger rise of independent artistry. Mm-hmm. It just seems so broken. Like I, I, I – like, Companies like Oros, I'm not using them as an example, yeah, but yeah. these like media companies, I love seeing them. Like, uh, do you know Lewis Goodman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he I works do. with Sarah a lot and other things like yeah, that. Yeah. But um, he has his own media company called like Sparky WTF. Uh-huh. I love those. And I know like Kristen Robinson mm-hmm. works for a few different like taste making media companies, you know? Yeah. And I she's like so those. cool. Shout out Kristen. Shout out Kristen. She's, she's the best. Cool. Yeah. I've only met her a couple times, but she rocks. She's been on the podcast. She's the oh. um do you like, I personally never heard of this until moving here. There are a lot of music collectives, like mm-hmm. a lot. Like I consider it possibly oversaturated. Like I feel like every person yeah, has everyone. the ability to start like collecting and making yeah. a name for their brand or whatever. Uh-huh. Do you think that that like has a positive or negative effect? It's like, I don't know what I'm even trying to say. Yeah. But like we're like, no, I know exactly what you're talking okay, about. Tell me what you and think. And I get about totally, it. yeah. Yeah, please. I think, um, so. The way it comes with, like, there's the digital age, the barriers to entry to, for that stuff is super low. Right. So, like, anyone can fucking do it. And that's why that's why everyone's fucking doing it. I think, it's, I think it is a good thing because in order for these, if there's a bunch of fucking people doing it, and on, this is going to be sound funny because this is going to be the same, this can be applied, this mentality can be applied to artistry and a lot of different things. But if everyone's fucking doing it nowadays because of the internet has made it really, it's, like, easy to do so. Not easy, but you know what I'm saying. Like anyone can do it. It dry. It's gonna drive a lot of, a lot of competition. Like, how do you stand out over the next person? How do you use the internet to get someone else's attention over the next person? And but the thing about that, that kind, of, there's, is it's a good and bad thing. And this was kind of something I learned in one of my martial business classes, which is kind of funny. Shut up. Um, that just there's gonna be a need for like continuous like competitive advantages, so like you just need to continually be ahead of the curve essentially in this mm-hmm. this new day and age. And what's good about that is that anyone can fucking do it. Like if you're creative enough, and you know maybe hopefully you have the resources to do so. But even the like the you don't even need that many resources nowadays to go viral, right? That's true. Um, 
but you just have to be very creative and always ahead of the curve. And that's kind of, that's kind of a good thing because it's like, okay, anyone like, you know, it's, that's power to the creatives, which is, you know, if you're creative enough, you can overcome and do it. And you deserve, you deserve that the, to reap the benefits of, of doing it first and setting the trend. The thing that's bad about that is that that, that little, that advantage that you, that you created it's gonna be. It's gonna exist for like two or three days. So <laughs> like, true. Like you got You got to continuously be ahead of the curve, and that sounds terrible, right? right? That sounds like like a fucking anxiety attack just waiting. Yeah, to exactly. It's just like oh, I have to con- like I can't. You literally can't chill nowadays, and everything's so fast paced, and everything's gonna be. But this is what they talk about when they like exponential kind of, kind of, innovation and stuff in this new digital age, and that's kind of like what we're seeing is just like. Like shit's just moving so fast, so fast. And I love what you just said. And um, yeah, I mean, but then, but that's going back to the other part that you said. Like with labels, they have a lot of, they're like they're huge. They have a lot of resources and stuff. So they they're in a better position to to do to do cool stuff. But then it's like, why aren't you doing cool stuff? It's like, I, it's uh, like what the fuck? It's like yeah, yeah it's yeah. like why why is the coolest shit ha- always happening from some you know some random. It's a random group of kids mm-hmm. who just made a collective in college, and it's like, but that, but see, that's why it's cool. But you know, it's like a, it's a really big picture. I kind of like. It is like, a huge picture yeah. idea. What you're talking about, bro. But it's like, I, I think, I think it's really cool that, you know, never before, and never before, I have a bunch of. I mean, probably yes, before, um, but, but not just like not with the accessibility of the of social media and stuff. Yeah, but that's what see that's my that's my whole thing. Like it's all enabled by social media and the internet and stuff like that. It's all enabled by these tools. Um but then like I always get back to like oh the mental like strain of this all like like it's demanding and it mm-hmm. kind of is like so uncertain too where it's like you might be hot for like one week or two weeks but like next week you got to figure out something really fast. And it's like, you know, it's right, just the come and go era of yeah, artists. Yeah, exactly. I could name like probably a dozen artists off the top of my head that like I was listening to earlier this year and I'll say, I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah. Nothing, you know, yeah, like. Because it takes to do art well, it takes yeah. a long time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you really literally cannot, but like. Well, it takes a long ah. time. And I'm completely agreeing with what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. It takes a long time. So you aren't able to like put out an entirely fresh new song next week. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. And so then you lose all your hubbub and uh-huh. all of your attention and you're, you're like just something that happened last week. Exactly. Everything is like that. Memes are like yeah. that. <laughs> Dude, like, I feel like we're stuck in a world where like memories are like that. Like people mm-hmm. are like forgetting shit that just happened to them like yesterday and like not appreciating it anymore. We live in a super fast world. Wait, do you think that it has anything to do with because we're stuck, like not stuck, but because we exist in LA? Like, this is a super fast mm. place and we're super obsessed with like uh-huh. what's hot and what's in the culture and especially in our classes, like always trying to stay up to date on the industry. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think about kids in like Kansas, Indiana? Like, do you think they feel the same kind of like uh, anxiety about staying Yeah, hot? interesting. I mean, and yeah, I guess like, I don't, know, I don't know how to say this without sounding like coastal elitist. You may, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. I mean, guess having the being here, it's like you want to be a, you have this driver to like, you know, be the forefront of pop culture and really get it with it. But I do think uh, someone in Kansas could totally do that because of the of the like it's a globalized thing now. Where it's like literally anyone in the world can be as involved in anything. I think and not necessarily have to be in a pop culture hub like LA or something. Now, 
obviously not everything is on is digital, which is great. So like, there's a lot of things that do matter in person. Like why, probably why some, a lot of people, you know, why we're able to like, you know, have a community, right? Like you kind of need to be have in person. In-person community plus the digital community is probably, like, the best mm -hmm. of both worlds. Um, I don't know if this is, you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, like, that's what I would say. Like, it's uh, everyone, anyone in the internet, any like, literally anyone can be as connected as anyone. Mm -hmm. But there is some, there's a weird, there's a, the good thing, there's a great pluses about in-person relationships, obviously. <laughs> True. I wonder, do you see, like, a resolve or a... Um, a adjustment coming in the near future because as you're saying like this exponential mm -hmm. innovation I, I loved what you said about that um like does it peak mm. and like do we have to like resolve this issue and like bring our attention spans back to more than seven mm -hmm. seconds and shit like that or do you think we like kind of continue down this technological path become more like you know dependent on the technology mm -hmm. and stuff like that how do you feel about that that's a, that's a really big that's brain. Question. That's a really big brain question, and I honestly have no idea. Mm. I hope I'm obviously like I would I idealize and romanticize a future where yeah, it's not like this, and we somehow go back. But I just feel like that's just impossible. I agree. Um, I guess yeah, like that's crazy. I've actually never like really thought about what is the future because I've just kind of. I'm more the things that we're already talking about is like still the future. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like, what's the future of the future? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. It's uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously like, it's just, it's the cliche like, sci-fi shit. It's like at some point everyone's gonna be fucking in virtual worlds or some shit. And like, I believe in this dystopia as well. Yeah, like yeah. is totally. I think it's hundred percent gonna be like. It's, it's gonna be crazy. It's actually gonna be insane. Like way more insane than probably we could ever think. One time, uh, Kaminsky said this thing to us where he was like, uh, "One day, you know, we're all just gonna look back and be like, can you believe we drove yeah. tin cans <laughs> seventy miles an hour right next to each other?'" Yeah. He's like, "That's gonna be the perspective we have on everything." He's yeah. like, "You are always just gonna be like, can you believe we used to do it like that and yeah. we do it like this now? It's way better." Um, but it all is like way more technological and the data shit is really scary. We don't mm -hmm. have to like really go down that wormhole, but I'm glad that you're obsessed with data too. I think yeah. data is like imperative to pay attention to because like, as far as I'm concerned, big business looks at every human, just like a piece of walking data. Mm -hmm. Like they're just analyzing you to make money off of you and generalize what the people after you will be like. Yeah. Um, it is so fucked up. Um, on a more brighter note, uh, <laughs> what's going on in the Gusby world in terms of like music coming out, uh, anything upcoming that we should yeah. discuss? Are shows like in your future? Like, what's yeah, going I, on? I think I'm throwing a show um, on the 21st, of oh, May, really? which is very soon. It's yeah, like definitely. It's a couple Fridays from now. Mm -hmm. um, so that's exciting. I have, um, in terms of music, like, I, I have so much music that I'm sitting on and I'm just working on really perfecting them because I've just become obsessed with just once something's out there, I don't, I never want to touch it again. Mm -hmm. I never want to look at it again. Yeah. I don't want to listen to it again. But, <laughs> but if I do li have to listen to it again, I want to enjoy it like yeah. fully. And I've only done that once so far. Actually, no, I've done it. Hmm, I have done it twice. Okay. Sash Girl was the first one where if I don't, I tried not to listen to that song as much as possible. But if, if someone ends up playing it and I, or someone asks me to play it for them, I will enjoy the song. And I really like that because 
it's, it's like a two-year-old song with a mix sucks, but it's still like, to <laughs> me, it's like, yeah, okay, that's a good song. People like that song. Steve's Louise, to me, the, the, the most recent one that I dropped, is like one of my, it's, it's so important to me because it's like one of the first times where I really sat on something for way too long, but it was all worth it because it was like, I need to make this a fucking banger. Like, I need to do this. For myself, like not for anyone else. Like I need to make this. I can't have any regrets once I release a song. So that's what I have a bunch of music like that that I'm working on. Um, I have plans for a couple singles coming out in the summer. Um, just working on like all the other stuff that's not music now. So like music videos, um, you know, press assets, cool photo shoots, cool creative direction stuff like that. Um, yeah, just like stuff for. Yeah, um, social media promotions. I'm sure like that is that. like a huge focus of you guys. So yeah, do you have totally. like a quote unquote team, like a support Dude, system? No, that's the thing. Like I wish so, man. Like I'm, 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 I mean, like I have, I have one homie, uh, Grant Conley, and he's been, he's been helping do some managerial stuff and just like, just kind of like day to day stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm honestly doing everything <laughs> still. Absolutely. I've, uh, I'm looking for. I've been trying to build like some sort of team, some sort of creative team. Um, it's just so hard because, like, like I, I've been doing everything myself. So, so like, I have such particular ideas that I I know what I I know what it looks like in my head, and it's just like I, I personally just have like a hard time trying to communicate that with other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and that's why it's so fucking slow, honestly. And it's the slowness is pissing me off at this point because it's like I just want my music out. Music's done. I need it out. Um, but it's just, it's just, there's this way to release music nowadays, kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, you need to capture everyone's attention for like a day. Because that's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe two days. Maybe, you know, like you're, you got to really show out, like put out for like the short amount of time period. But then even then you got to come back with it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, at, at all parts doing this, like, what Lyman would teach us, you gotta have this consistent brand, consistent image, consistent, mm-hmm. consistent vision, artistic vision. And that's I guess that's the part for me where it's like I have this vision so particular in my head that's genuinely that's genuine to me. And it's yet to meet like other trying to communicate with other people, trying to get them on the same wave of like mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, hopefully there'll be a point where it just clicks and I can find some people to work with and just music videos come out faster than fucking light speed. Bro, it requires such a strong amount of like trust and mm-hmm. respect and communication, like so many things because mm-hmm. I completely agree. Like to pass on something that you care so much about to someone else and give them the responsibility to make it equal to what you're like envisioning. Yeah. It's like too much for them and too much for you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it is just way too much. And it's like, I bet I could probably just do this myself. It might take me longer, but like, then I know it's done like properly or yeah, how I envision it. You exactly. Know? Um, but I, I asked because I like, like you mentioned all these like really creative people that you're working around and working with. I was just wondering if they've been like impacting the creative vision or anything like that. Um, Cause I know like, yeah, again, I'm, I'm trying to toe this line of not like yeah. putting anybody in a box or anything, yeah, yeah. but you guys have like a, a community we'll say you know i wouldn't huh. say like you guys have a similar sound or anything but a community of people who are all on the same level as you mm-hmm. 
trying to make this noise, trying to stay relevant, trying to come up with their like sound and everything. Mm-hmm. Do you guys bounce ideas off each other at all? Or is it really just like you, you primarily focus on your shit by yourself? Yeah. So like I've been, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. Cause it's, it's great to, to have people similar to what you're doing and to talk to them about artistic ideas at the same time. It's also fucking terrible because like, no one, two artists talking to each other is just like such a shit show sometimes because it's just like, because artists have huge egos, right? Of course. And like, this is, it was a weird thing with ego with an artist where like, you kind of need an ego to be so confident in like your, your vision. And that's the thing that like, like artists need to have so much confidence in what they believe and like what they're trying to do. And like talking to other people who aren't, like it, it could be, it could be a little like, Destruct is like self-sabotaging almost in a, in a, in a sense where it's like, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a balancing point like anything. I try to believe that a lot recently, just like anything with the very opposite conflicts of interest. There has to be some sort of middle balancing point, which is probably just like a awareness of the fact that like, yeah, like you want to be open to input and feedback from other creatives and like collaborations like you that shit's great mm-hmm. at the same time it's like you never want to you don't want to mold you don't want to you don't want to mold at all you want to keep keep what makes you artistically you like as raw and genuine as possible and not an uncompromising and you see how these are completely two like opposite kind of like mm-hmm. ways to so it's just, it's just figuring out how to make those two things work, I guess. In yang, bro. Yeah, exactly. Life is all about balance. Exactly. It's bro. just a balancing act. It really, really is. And I am a huge supporter of working with others, but I do feel the same way. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate of working with others because yeah, I agree. I think that evolution of your own sound is like one of the most important parts of being an artist. Like mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't just sit in a box all day and make music all day, every day by yourself because exactly. it will never change. You know? Yeah, and exactly. Then you're just putting out the same thing. But agreed, like you don't want to oh my God, I love working with John Wall so much. Like yeah. he's the best. Oh, you know what? Maybe I should sound more like John Wall. Like you don't, you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? So it is a complicated process. Yeah. Like I have, um, one of my close friends, his name is Jason Wren. He's a producer head here. And he helped me produce Steve's Louise and he's helping me produce my, a lot of my other songs. Um, because I know my limitations as a producer and as a songwriter, artist, whatever, like that's the thing. Like you got to, be self-aware that, you know, you can't be too egotistic. You can't be too much in your own head. Mm-hmm. To be like, yeah, everything I do is perfect. Yeah. Everything I do is fucking sick. Yes. Like it can be better to pass yeah. it off to someone so else. Yeah. Someone else, but you have to trust that person that they're also like, they're being honest with you of like, yeah, this is fire. Or like, yeah, this sucks. Like, mm-hmm. and you need that. And like, I, I finally found that with a couple of people. Like Jason Rand is one of them. TJ Wee. Like I mentioned earlier, he's one of them. Kane Acosta, uh, Ash is the Amber guy. He's one of them. Shut up. Um, so yeah, a lot of these guys I fuck with heavily on a creative level, and it's, and that has been great. That has been actually like like a, like it's been unreal actually. Like if I didn't work, if I didn't meet these guys or collaborate with them and and hang out in the studio with them, I'd be a million steps behind, or, or like you know technically and artistically and whatever. Um, so that's what's great. It's kind of cool because we kind of all bounce each Yeah, like we all bounce off each other and kind of all learn something about being creative at the same time. And like we all kind of just elevate at the same time. Um, at the same time, everyone has u- their own unique individual. And like, like I said, sometimes when I'm working with Jason, it's like I have to be like, just trust me on this, bro. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm the art. Like, 
just trust me. Like, I know you're an artist, you're creative too, but like, I'm also like an artist and creative. You just got to trust me on this. Those conversations are so yeah. common in, yeah. in the studio, bro. Totally. I, I'm constantly working with, um, no, not anymore, actually. I don't make hardly make music at all anymore. But when we were making music, it was like me and Y and like a few other people. And it was always like, why? It's like, I think it needs to be like this. And I'm like, yeah. no, I think it needs to be like yeah. this. <laughs> and you just like go back and forth until someone is just like, Fuck someone that. has to give that respect up, you know, yeah, like who, totally. who, who is in charge of the situation. And that balance is like, is found, you know, mm -hmm. but you always have to be appreciative. I, like you said, like nobody wants a bunch of yes men around them. Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't help. Mm, so you yeah, have to you be appreciative be of your friend for being honest, but you also have to be like, but you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a funny thing. Um, all right, bro. Well, I hate to cut it short, but we've been going for long enough. Definitely. Uh -huh, yeah. um, how long it? We've been going for over an, an hour. hour. Damn. Yeah, definitely. That's how we like to do it. Time flies. Absolutely. Oh, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to ask, is there anything we didn't mention or any shout outs you want to make to anybody or any last um, comments to the people? Damn. I know it's a lot, but feel free to have this open mic. Open mic. What do I want to say? Um, keep going. <laughs> That's honestly like, I wish I had someone over my shoulder just constantly being like, yeah, dude, you'll fucking, you'll figure it out. Like, just relax. Just, like, have fun with it, you know? Because I say that because, to me, it's a lot of, like I said earlier, um, a lot of this music game, learning, like, how the way it works is kind of unfun. And it, it's, it's like, damn, I like this because it's fun, and now it's not fun. But, like, at the end of the day, it's fucking fun. Like, we all love doing this shit. We love, you know? Like it's, it's, like it's it's gonna be it's a blast all the time as long as you treat it always like it's a blast then it's it will be a blast and uh yeah come out to my show may 21st yes. i'll be there <laughs> yeah i know we all graduate but like i'll pull up yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, where you said you're throwing the show so yeah like, i mean you... it'll be in k-town it'll okay. be somewhere in Korea okay, town. okay, okay, okay. yeah that's all i know but i'm not actually throwing that's what i was show, wondering but i'm okay. working with the guys here Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that'll be lit, bro. I'm glad people are starting to have music again. Like, yeah, no, seriously. I've really been missing it so much. I've been, <laughs> anytime I see anybody with a microphone and an amp, I'm just like, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I'm dying without it. <laughs> um, cool, bro. It's been nice to have you. Gusby, Gupsy. <laughs> such a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, shout out Bobby Borg. Shout out Bobby Borg. Um, all right, everybody, if you made it this far, I appreciate you. I love you. We'll have more cool stuff coming next week. Um, we'll play a song. Probably the most recent single. We'll probably play at the end there of the go. episode. I'll get it from you Word. so you guys can hear some music from Gusby. Um, all right. Lots of love, everybody. Peace.
Surrender